This episode is brought to you by TwoLinedMusicCutStore.com. TwoLinedMusicCutStore.com is your all access to culture. Check out cultural merchandise like leggings, hats, mini boxing gloves, and bags. Also, t shirts like hip hop, nature, rock bands, reggae, and dark fantasy. Fast shipping worldwide. That's TwoLinedMusicCutStore.com. Now, let's check out this episode. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast. And today, we have a really special guest in the building. Listen, this is the final member of the group. We're talking to you, okay? Listen, he's a former member. Who we have in the building today? We have Mr. Flex Double X in the building today. What's going on, Big Boss? Yeah, we're there, there. They are going easy, you know? <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us here on the Entertainment Report podcast today. Yeah, man, it's a pleasure, you know. Always good to talk and, you know, ex- exchange ideas and stuff. You understand, because that's definitely what we do here on the Entertainment Report podcast. We like to take it right from the beginning and then bring it right up to 2021. So then my first question for you is this. Where did you grow up in Jamaica and what type of child were you? Well, I grew up in Bridgeport, in Portmore. Yeah, born and grew. Shout out to Portmore. Um, I'd say I was a very shy person at first. Um, But when I actually got out of my shell and I felt comfortable, you know, I don't know how it worked, how... Um, shy and confident go together, but yeah, somehow <laughs> I managed to make it work, you know. Yeah, I got you. And then you're growing up Bridgeport here and everything. So then growing up, what do you think you were going to get into? Did you think it was going to be music into something else? Where do you think you were going to end up? Well, honestly, ever since I was going to, I was a child, I always said I wanted to be a lawyer. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, the thing is, I believe that I could make a change that way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I really like the idea of it. We used to watch a movie, them and them stuff, then see, like, oh, it operates and stuff. And, you know, it was very interesting to me. So for the whole of my kids' year is going up, I always say, I want to be a liar. I want to be a liar. You know what I mean? But you don't know after a while. Your true, your true passion just come up, you know. Mm-hmm. And when did you discover your voice or discover music at this time? You know, honestly, I discovered music in church when I was like eight years old. You know, my mother sent me for join the um, church choir, kids choir, and you know, I did it. But even though I was on the choir. I realized that maybe I have a little sound still, but I was like one of the youngest on the choir, so you don't know. Now I get no lead, now I get nothing, but you know, me just feel say, you know, I could do it, but I wasn't that confident about doing it at that age, you know. I just knew that I had a little sound. Nobody never noticed my little sound, so to me, you know, me just never take it that serious. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that was there. So then when did you decide to kind of push forward with it a bit more and take it a bit more serious? What part was that there? Okay. When I got a little older, like 13 or so, you know, Alex and I grew up on the same road. 
you know, basically born on the same road. Name, but um, you know, the nineties you had that whole thing with groups all over the place. Is it me? I see true. Portmore was one of the first places them in Jamaica forget cable. <laughs> so we got everything from BEP, say the boys, the men, the shy, everything. I was say, yo, we can do this, we can do this. So it basically started out where me, Alex and I were just singing by ourselves. And then after a while, we say, yo, let's form a bigger group and, you know, link up with Craig T and BST. And you see me? And that's where the whole group sounded. Come about and that's when we say, all right, we try this, you know. Mm-hmm. Because I know originally it was um five of you guys in the group when you guys started out. Yeah, it was five originally with um Marcus Guff, but he eventually stopped and pursued other stuff, and then Alex recruited this other person named Van McDonald. He also left and stuff. So you just leave the four away and that's yeah. <laughs> and then when you guys formed the group, what was what was your part in the group where you said, okay, this is what I'm gonna do in the group here? Well, um for me I like, like performing and I love being on stage. It's like I did when I used to go to Vasprep. You know what I mean? Um, I remember like the last year, final year of Vasper, they had this, they said, yo, they wanted to do like a pantomime and stuff. And I saw, I was coming from lunch and I saw everybody running to line up and I said, I asked people, yo, what is this? You know, and they said, they're going to do a pantomime and they want people who can sing and whatever. I never know what a pantomime was. But because everybody lining up and see, I said, just go and join the line. You know, and then when I went in there, they said I have to sing a song. I don't even remember which song I sing, honestly. But I did something and they said, okay. They took a picture of me and said, okay. And I went back to class. But honestly, I never said anything of that because I said, you know, mm-hmm. I don't even know what a pantomime is. So even if them do a <laughs> Anyway, um, like a week later or so, Somebody comes to the class with this long list and say, you know, and I hear them call my name and we say, what is? We get in trouble again, what we do now? So we go downstairs and I realize that it was about the pantomime and the time that I made it. So since then, um, the name of the pantomime was um, Leviathan. So since then, um, getting on the stage and doing all of these things, I really enjoy performing. I enjoy singing, but I actually love performing, you know, because I think that's like where the real deal is. That's where you're actually one-on-one with the fans, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So after that, now I realized that my role in TOK now was not only vocal, but on stage, you know, the presence was very important for me. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you definitely like performing because I know you like singer, writer, performing, but performing is where you really come alive. Yes, yes. I'll be I'll be like backstage, not saying a word, but as soon as I touch the stage, it's like 
transforming a Hulk or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Who, where did you get your inspirations from? What did you watch growing up and say, I love how they perform? Where this was something in you, where did you really learn the art of performing? Um, as I said, I got a lot of it from um, the pantomime thing, you know, mm-hmm. how to talk loud on the stage, you know, that, you know, I have to, it's not until recent times I realized how um, much of an impact that made in in me as a as an eight year old child, you know, just to be on stage, you know, saying your lines, you know, getting the reaction from the crowd that actually helped me in my career, you know, in the future where that was concerned. I didn't even think about it because to me, you know, as I say, I was just a little kid and it wasn't that serious to me. Like, no, you know, it wasn't a business. But looking back at my journey, I've never said this before, but I think that made a big boost of gave me a big boost of confidence. Mm-hmm. Especially something that you didn't even know what you're signing up for. You just signed up for it, and this turned out yeah. to help you in your life journey. Yes, I know the funniest thing. No matter how many people are asked what a pantomime was in the line, nobody never knew. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just enjoyed the line, you know what I mean? But yeah, um, that kind of helped me now, you know, because, you know, I'll be the one that you, you just see all over the place. When TOK they on stage, you know, mm-hmm. me the one you know, climb up all over upon the speaker box, do all kind of crazy stuff. So, you mm-hmm. know, that, that kind of energy is what I know I bring to the table with TOK's concert. Got you. Okay, so then now you guys are doing your stuff, you're doing your journey, you guys formed a group. When would you say was the first time you guys, you felt like the group was actually going somewhere? Was there a specific moment, a specific recording somewhere where you said, okay, now the group seems like we're we're getting somewhere? Well, I think the first, I wouldn't say the first time. The first time I would say is when um, we actually recorded for Sly and Robbie. You know, that was like the biggest step for us, you know, because we grew up, everybody knows Sly and Rabbit, you know what I mean? So when we actually got in the studio with them, you know, and I read him that um, Elephant Man and Harry Tadler had that song, how many girls can they get married? And that song came on. So we know as some young teenager going to the studio with Sly and Rabbit, you know, we said, what? So we did a song called Hidemai. It was on the same beat as that because we told them that, yo, we love that rhythm. We, we scared mm-hmm. them. And they said, all right, cool, now we did this song. That was our first recording. We thought, you know, then, trust me, you couldn't tell me nothing because we swear say, yo, we're bust. Because <laughs> we work hard for Sly and Robbie. But, you know, that even though that song wasn't like a hit for us, mm-hmm. you know, it definitely made us see that, yo, once we reach to this step, you know, we can take it further. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Even your days with Monster Shock, what was that like going around with Monster Shock crew? Yo, you know, Monster Shock, yo, I'm not going to lie, Monster Shock teach me a lot. You know, mm-hmm. Ron and General B goes, they're very good performers. Um, and for the, the short time that we were around them, you know, they actually were the ones that. We did backgrounds for them on, on stage at Sunfest, and that was the first time we even seen the Sunfest stage. So mm-hmm. we respect them for that. You understand? 
I remember we're supposed to be singing backgrounds for ghosts one at a time. And we are singing background. Bass, I look over and bass here and bass, just I look straight from them. He's not even sing what I'm supposed to sing. I'm not nudging because it's like him can't believe him just I watch them and him just watch the stage and thing. I mean, I say, yo, that, that amount of excitement, you know, is like, but now like, um, they really, that really prepared us for when it was actually our time, you know. Mm-hmm. And then you say it was when it was our time. And when would that be in your career when you say it was our time? When did that start happening for you guys? Well, I think our time was not like one time. Our time mm-hmm. was like a quick journey, a quick moment in time. <laughs> like, um, when we start, when we did the recording for, for Shams, um, mm-hmm. and we did Hardcore Lover with Lady Saw. Um, in that same moment, you know, Shams link up with Danny Brown because he's Danny Brown is nephew and he mm-hmm. got us to go on the heavy heavy metal rhythm. Um, whoa, and in that same t- time period, um, Shams also um, link us with Dave Kelly and we did Eagle Fly. So, like from 98, 99, them time there. Mm-hmm. Leading up to 2000, that I would say was the icing on the cake when we did um, Chichiman. Mm-hmm. That moment in time was our time mm-hmm. to get out you know, and you know make a name solid. Definitely. What was it like working with like uh, Dave Kelly the very first time you guys worked with him? Yo, as I said, it was just it's like the same like when we worked with. Um, Sly and Robbie, you know, it was like stages, you know what I mean? Because Dave Kelly, at the time, as a producer, trust me, mm-hmm. if you're not playing a Dave Kelly rhythm, it's coming like a better you just stop playing music. Because Dave mm-hmm. Kelly and Tony Kelly, trust me, them, them just did a good art. You see me? Mm-hmm. So Dave now had the breakout rhythm and he done, you know, killer, all the people, all them hit songs upon it. So, we when we come round there, no Shams get we on the rhythm on the second part of the Eagles cry. We say yo, it was just a wonderful feeling because the song every it's like everything that happened. Cause we have war a play with Danny Brownie. We have hardcore lover with Lady Sir a play. We have Eagles cry a play from Broke Out. Rhythm. I say no. During that time, it's like I saying to myself, yo, what happened? What happened? It's like couldn't just we couldn't believe it. And like at that time, English Cry was like and for Dave was like the icing like that. Cause that was the first number one. They were end up getting a number one from that. I was like, what? Mm-hmm. Number one? <laughs> Can't believe this man. Are we this? Mm-hmm. Is it say? So you know it was really a great feeling, you know, not realizing that a few months or late um or to a year later we would have um, recording one of one of our biggest songs to date. You know what I mean? We're just enjoying that moment. And when you say one of your biggest songs, what would that song there? One of our biggest songs is um, Chichi Man, yeah. Because mm-hmm. right after Eagles Cry, that's when we did that song. And that song, um, 
despite what people want to say, that song was a real song that put us on the map, really, okay. internationally. Because mm-hmm. it crossed over at 97, every station I played, you know what I mean? And that was the song that made the world say, yo, who is this T.O.K. that we're hearing about? But that song was almost like a double-edged sword. That was one of the biggest ones, but that was the one that gave you guys your first controversy as a group too. How do you guys navigate those waters as in being a new group and being in the middle of a controversy also? Um, we were young enough, so we never really, collectively, we never really know how to handle it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Because as some youths just going to the studio sing a song, try to have some fun and you know, the song turned out to be a big song. And because it's a big now, the whole controversial thing come with it. But mm-hmm. for me, I'm not going to say that in my head I knew everything because I was learning along the way as a singer. But for me, me grew up and see Michael Jackson have millions and millions of controversial <laughs> issues both things. And he's still like the king of pop now. So to me, I just felt like it's not what is controversial, it's how you have it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But um, sometimes when you're in a group situation and you have different minds, sometimes people deal with stuff differently mm-hmm. than how you feel, you know, it should have been dealt with. But eventually I'd say, we ha- overall, I'd say, we handle it all right. Could have been a little better, but we handled it all right. And it turned out well, so I don't mm-hmm. really worry about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. For sure. Because as you said, being in a group, it's different. If you're on your own, you could figure it out on your own, you and your team. But now you have three other members plus management or whoever else. So then this is a lot of hands in the pot at any one time. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you, as I said, even though I I may seem quiet and stuff when it comes to certain things, I'm very vocal about it. And and I people say me I have no fear. So mm-hmm. when I talk sometimes, I talking from a confidence of knowing from the confidence of knowing that I can handle it. But mm-hmm. when you around other people that don't believe that and have some form of fear with it mm-hmm. and we have to move as one, sometimes you um just to make sure that you move, you come to some decision that may not be outright the best, it may not be the worst, but you know we have to just find a way for make it up. You know what I mean? Definitely. You brought up another name here earlier, Tony Kelly. He gave you another monster hit. That was the um, Just Got Paid. Yeah, he was also the same one for Chichimanto. Okay, so, because I thought it was um, that label from New York, um, House of Lords? Oh, L-O-Y? L-O-Y, yes. Yeah, all right. They actually produced the song. But Tony Kelly was the one who did the beat and we recorded for him and so because he was their um, producer at the time. What was it like working with Tony Kelly? Huh? What was it like working with Tony Kelly now? You you worked with Dave already, now Tony Kelly. Yeah. Well, two of them are genius in their own way. You know, the good thing about it is that they have two different styles. And I'm not going to lie, Tony now, him, him, He's a good person to work with, a good person in general, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Tony, you know, Tony can just hear things 
I think it's the same thing with Dave, but with Dave is more like an um concentrated thing where Dave sit down and you know say, all right, this is it and whatever. But with Tony, mm-hmm. um Tony environment is more like a warmer environment. You know, you just be there singing. I remember no people don't know this, but even with the song Chichi Man, I he played the rhythm for us. Right? The whole we we wrote, you know, it's like we did all of us listen to the, the song and then it's like to listen to the beat and then when we finish vibing, we say, yo, make we hear while everybody out. So from my coming, you know, I hear the hook in my head because it was a hook that I did sing for them like three or four times already, but some other beats and everybody turned it down and say, yo, them are like so, from a coming, me hear the hook, and I say, Yo, you know, say it's our work, but me now nah sing it because they let them knock me down about three times and said, Them don't want to do it. So, yeah. everybody sing them thing now. And Tony say, All right, Miss Who come when you, when you find something, then come back. But I never sing anything. Mm-hmm. So, Tony come back in the, the student now and him say, So, you find nothing. And them say no. And them say, so flex, so oh me not hear you sing now. He said, I have something still now, but you know, so let me hear it. Alright. I'm gonna play it, I'm gonna sing it. I'm there, Tony said, eat that good voice. <laughs> <laughs> so when Tony said that though, you know, that's how we say, all right, because sometimes with TOK, you know, you, you need to have that one person who Everybody respect that know that them doing to make a decision because sometimes before we sit down in there, trust me, it's like everything just now work on the timing we're supposed to work. <laughs> Yo, Tony was like that person now that we would have come. And it was the same thing that they had with um money to burn also. Same kind of energy. Mm-hmm. We had four different ideas and me just sit down, had that chorus, and I don't say anything because I realize say I don't want to be at the, at the time we we young everybody energetic everybody and I don't want to be like a, a situation where I'm pushing like what I feel we must sing mm-hmm. in that so you know but and it's it's like basically the same thing Tony come in and him here I'm saying say yo go vice I eat that so mm-hmm. all right. And then Craig said to me, said, yo, you know, Flex, um, me that want to sing that part there. Come have a way me want to do it. I said, all right, cool. Because actually, I was supposed to be the one that said, just got paid. And then we come and said, all right, cool. And mm-hmm. we ended up doing it. So, just, it's just, as I said, working with Tony, both of them, and Tony and Dave is like two great experiences, but it's like in two different ways, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. There's actually three more producers I want to go through with you also. Another one that gave you guys one of your another monster hits would have been Don Carleone. How did you guys connect with him and what was it like work with him? Because you guys did several monster songs with Don. Yeah, well, Don, trust me. Um, Don had his studio up in Mona and um, we'll pass through the studio some of the time, them and whatever. But as I said, Dan is a great producer. 
you know, mm-hmm. and them time they are done and cool face up there and whatever. It was always a vibe, you like to come up there and thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew from the first moment, we all knew from the first moment that um, working with Dan would have been something magical because the sound that he was bringing at the time and the mm-hmm. sound that we um, were bringing just mesh. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. At the moment, you had, you know, other producers doing them thing, you know, that were respected and stuff. But when we went down to Dan and the whole vibe in the studio, you know, was was different. I would say, yo, I'll go and work with Dan, because you don't know. Talent and talent come together, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's like magic, isn't it? And what do you remember about recording Footprints? Well, Footprints, um... I remember we were on tour and Don dropped the rhythm and we heard it and we said, yo, people are kind of said Don have a bad rhythm or whatever and we are hear it too. Mm-hmm. And we said, yo, we need to hold that rhythm there. So we reach out to Don and we said, Don, we need that rhythm there, no, what go on? And we said, well, we'll come in, we'll go to the studio. So we went up to the studio. And we're in the studio for a while, you know, um, trying to find what we are going to sing because to us, the Jackie or don't come out already, Morgan Heritage, Luciana, everybody are key down the door already. I was say, what are we are going to sing for this now? So we're in the studio now and um, everybody come up with some different ideas, you know. I never really have no idea, honestly, at that, at that day. I had something, but I know it wasn't it. So I heard um, Alex singing, um, When you cry, I cry, cry And I sing it over and I say, yeah, but I didn't like it, you know. But the direction at first that they were singing, because enough people never know, so that song was supposed to be a love, like a girl love song. Enough people know that. Okay. That's the direction that they were going with the song. Mm-hmm. So I was outside listening to it and hear them having fun with it. And I said, you know, I'm not really sure about the girl thing. If we go on, thing. But I never said it to nobody. Mm-hmm. And then they come to me now and say, yo, here what? Because Alex had lost his brother like a year or two before. And mm-hmm. since then, we never actually um, talk about it. You know, we, we never do a song about it. We never think about it anyway because we're trying to just not focus on it too much. Mm-hmm. Gavin, you know, is like a brother to us too. But that was the night I, 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 something came over me and I said, um, what do you feel? I went to Alex and I said, what do you feel about doing a song, you know, relating to Gavin and stuff. And I said, all right. I said, okay, because I have an idea and I feel it's going to work with the hook where I have. I said, all right, let me hear it and dance to them while this is done. I said, hurry up and come back. Was the last thing she said to her son? And we start building there, there going on. And then Alex just um, come in and say, help me, Lord, help me. I just start flow. Everything just start flow. 
Mm. But whenever I want, as I said, whenever I want to dwell on the whole thing. Yeah. So in the second verse, um, we spoke about, you know, homelessness and stuff like that, not to just dwell on it. But that, to me, that night was a magical night. You know what I mean? Because Craig T almost never even met the song, you know. <laughs> yeah, I almost never met the song because when we were building the song, you know, Craig T would say, yo, I'm not sure if I that, you know, because Craig have a next idea when I sing. Yeah. But when the song done, I see Craig come in and say, yo, I have a part. And that's how Craig end up in at the intro. That's the reason. <laughs> because Craig should have really a verse, but, you know, Craig, Craig at first never believed in the song like that. And that's how it goes. Sometimes, sometimes you, 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 you as an artist have an idea where you want to go, you know, but this, the vibe and the energy is just take you somewhere else where you need to go, not where you want to go. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? For sure. No, crazy. It's always the, the, what you, the ideas behind the songs, what happened behind the songs are always the most interesting parts to hear to say this is how what we got out of this idea we had you know and i mean that's always so interesting another producer i know that you guys did a lot of work with but now we're going to take it to new york was bobby Connors. how did you guys connect well bobby Connors, all right no people don't know you see when tok just like as i tell you, like the late 90s 1998 trust me mm-hmm. um we got a lot of calls from people. This is before we even start touring because TOK sang them, did a go on good underground, like in a New York, Japan. We heard about TOK being the biggest artist in Japan and we never even go up on a flight together yet. Yeah. You know, so people just call and say, yo, the bigger New York, you know, ray, 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 this and that and whatever, whatever. But Sometimes I wonder at them time I wonder if it was true or people just try to gas you up or so because we say yo we how we can so popular in a them place there and we pocket them not show that <laughs> <laughs> so to we though we say yo baby you know but when we start believe it now is when we realize enough Japanese people just start come to Jamaica. Some of them are come, them say them come Jamaica just to meet with and see who is still okay because still okay, just big. Mm-hmm. I mean, I said, no, this can't be real. Something wrong. I mean, I tell you, you know, them time there, even though we get the number one in Jamaica and we never go up and show, them time there, the amount of dog we do start, trust me. We did kind of all right, just have a dog. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, it's just. That was the moment we say, yo, is this really it? You know, mm-hmm. no me know how being a man and killer them feel. You know, mm-hmm. with love. You know what I mean? But with Bobby Candles now, we reach up now. Bobby Candles is just read the energy from day one. You know, mm-hmm. we did a song called If I Were Theme on this rhythm when we didn't have them rewind. And you know, we do some other songs theme. But Bobby wanted to produce as um his rhythm. So they link up with Shams. Mm-hmm. Right? At the time, Shams was our manager and producer. So Shams built the rhythm for Bobby. So happened so we did go to the studio the day for link Shams and stuff. And Shams said, Yo, Bobby, build a rhythm, you know, I build a rhythm for Bobby. Man. And we want to know Eric and we want to know Vice. We did the room. So, all right, cool. So we're in the studio you now and we're vibe and thing. 
And then we come up with that song that I give Bobby. When Bobby get the song now, Alex, Alex, Alex actually came up with that hook and stuff. And we we'll always sit down and we just meditate and deal with it. So when Bobby here, Bobby love the song and start run with the song now. I'm gonna say, what? So I will cousin them, our family, and say, yo, I hear a new song from one of them, man. I play hard. I say, what? Because you don't know, you know, Chichiman done lock down the whole of New York already, you know. That's why everybody in New York are looking for it. You know what I mean? And then Bobby was the one, you now who, after that song, you know, from the mainstream, him come with Galea Lee, you know, that follow through after Chichiman. You know what I mean? This never have no controversial thing. The only thing I say, I say we love woman. So the song just run. <laughs> and you know, from them, trust me. But not lie. Them, them, I think that's how TOK actually solidify our name mm-hmm. at that moment. Okay, this is a, now another international producer, but this is way later in you guys' career. Linking up with Major Laser, how did that happen? Well, um, Major Laser, no, we actually link up with him from before, you know, he did that project before he be deployed before them become Major Laser. But um, we were on one of his projects before, but um, our songs weren't really released as the the main singles and stuff but we worked with him before but um later on when he did the busy song um we heard it and we said we love it so basically must have um seen him and reach out to him one day and say yo we love that reading there voice and thing and him said yeah man i'm saying went to the studio and vibe in the song and stuff because I guess why is it true the busy song I play hard where I say oh nah. mm-hmm. well, I got <laughs> you know remember you this is now the third time this happened to you guys first it happened with Dave <laughs> then it happened with Don and then now it happened with Major Laser yeah yeah so we still don't know I would say all right well I gotta know and we're in a um big yard studio and we just play you know for hours like maybe an hour, so everybody are playing whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, honestly, that moment there, the only thing me I hear from the rhythm is at the time was, are we about to play? Are we actually done? That's how we are here. But we know said that wasn't my verse. We just I sing that over and over again in my head. Mm-hmm. I must I say, yo, I tell Craig and Craig say I love it and it work on it or whatever. Everybody started them first, but whenever I have no hook. I would then uh, next spend a next time now if you try to find a hook now because everybody I envision a different hook. But to me, I'm, I, I just felt like as a group for that beat, we needed to have something that was like uh, Chant, you know, something that if you're there in a Wembley Stadium or something and the song play, everybody would have just be singing it. You know what I mean? Because that's what um what's that's what I did feel. Mm-hmm. Anyway, and then I start singing, ole, ole, oh, and Alex say, yo, you like that and whatever. Tell the rest of them and thing and um we'll put it. 
on the track. Um, after that, now everybody finish up in part. Now we send it got um Diplo and him love it, him love it, him say yo love this and things. So we end up shooting the video for it and stuff. But I believe honestly, mm-hmm. and this is my opinion, come respect. Um, busy as an artist and everything, mm-hmm. and this have nothing to do with him and his song. But I feel like if our song came out like the same time as him and not like after, I think like our song would have been like a world anthem. You know, it is, you know, people love it and everything, but where it is now, but that is based off a, um, a second batch thing that even DJs thought we did just take the rhythm and just vice pan. Mm-hmm. As them, I, cause DJs all say, yo, yo, when you take the rhythm and vice pan the rhythm, I DJ, I deploy the vice pan and say, yeah, yeah, what you talking about? Is it me? So <laughs> even that whole thing, we kind of like, you know, hold it back a little. Is it me? I say, but if it came out like like one project at the same time, trust me. Okay. You, you think it would have had a further reach than it had? Right, yeah, yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. I got that cool. Since you're the performance man, you like to go from left to right all around on the stage. Tell me three of your most memorable performances that you'll never forget. Never, okay. I remember one time I was performing on stage, we were performing on stage, and them time, they're not much younger. So, I love lift up woman and care on stage, like a little man, is it? So, we got me, me realize that uh, sometimes uh, some girls look big, but when you lift them up, they actually don't weigh as much as they may look. So, I say, Oh, I'm start getting a habit of living up some big girls now. You see, me, I know me, I look a maga man, I lift up the big girls. So everybody, I say, Wow, wow. <laughs> anyway, I'm going to call up this fat girl on stage now, this big girl, you know. I'm going to say, Yo, stay in routine or whatever. But when we go to lift her up, I'm going say, Wow. <laughs> nah, go. So the whole place I laugh now, whatever. I'm just the girl just lift me up and put me over there. <laughs> 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 I'll never forget that one day. You know that was one of them. Mm-hmm. Um there is this other one, I think it was Germany. It was somewhere in Europe where um, I called up this girl on stage and I was dancing with her, but apparently... Cause you see, when you call up a girl on stage and she had a front of the stage, you know, I really think, say... Yeah. Um, she have a man in the crowd because she come on the stage. When she come on the stage, she kind of like, yeah. why would you are dance with you? That wouldn't make no sense because me then I crowd my man, she can't do that. <laughs> anyway... The girl come on stage and we start dance with her and whatever, whatever. I'm have to shout out Craig on this because me never even see it coming. So I dance with the girl and thing and all of a sudden, I just see one, one man seal one back, you know. I'm telling you, I'm going seal one back from the road at the back of the, 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 the thing. And I'm just, I'm going see Craig and just comes up and grab the back before it reach me. I'm going to say, what <laughs> <laughs> and just the parents say, the man, woman, go up on the stage and I dance with me and him mix. Yeah. So I'm saying, yo, it's yo, easy. You can't get that back up to something where you don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. 
Yeah. And one last one that you'll never forget. Okay. The last one that I never forget is actually not the only time, but the most memorable time for me, you know, mm-hmm. was when we performed in Japan in the stadium mm-hmm. with Mike Brown. Mm-hmm. Trust me. That was, and that still is like maybe the most memorable performance for me because just the whole energy, the, 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 you can hardly hear yourself the amount of people out there. It's like, trust me, a moment there for me mm-hmm. is like the greatest, you know? Mm-hmm. One of the craziest things. Plus, I remember there was a show where you guys and Rihanna actually performed on the show. You remember that show? Yeah, I remember that. I think it was you... in either Boston or something like that. Well, what was that show like? Um, that show was funny. Well, I think if it's the same show you're talking about, um, I think that was for a radio station in Boston. I don't mm-hmm. remember the name of it, one of the urban stations. But at the time when, when we did that show, Rihanna had um, Mr. DJ and stuff. She never, she was just coming out. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. she he performed before us. and um, But um, since ever since her first single, Mr. DJ, and she had this next one named SOS at the time, mm-hmm. or whatever, I said, something about this girl, something about this girl. You know, so we were doing a, a beach party called Bones, and um, my aunt said, yo, my piece of for bring Rihanna, but because she never really bust big yet, you know, mm-hmm. the, the the whole push to get her on it wasn't wasn't there with everybody, you know. But I always say, oh, I want me to and this and that. I actually got our manager at the moment. At, at the time, at that time, I actually had the manager number and I reached out to him, but never get through. But mm-hmm. I remember <clears throat> DJ Buddha, he was our DJ at the time. We were backstage and um, I said to Buddha, I said, yo, Buddha, I want to meet Rihanna and I'm saying, cool. I'm going to call her. So me, I know, ready. I'm going to say, yeah. I'm going to meet Rihanna now because I'm like that little Caribbean girl. So I'm going to like her sound and everything. So I'm going to say, all right, cool. So she came in the room. And then when she come into the room now, I'm going to see her. I'm going to say, wait. She tall, man. <laughs> so she told her that so when she come in the room now, I said, me just get quiet, because I never expect her to say that. You know what I mean? I just I look for her, everybody, and she said, hi, you guys love your music. I would say, yeah, we love your music too. And everybody just I look for her. Nah, I said, no. She had look for me. And then she said, she gone. And I said, okay, nice meeting you, girl. And then when she got me, I said, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. We are in other place, I will be talk to her. Instead, oh. I will talk to her, you know. We just focus on how she talk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you froze up on the opportunity, bro. You froze. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's so crazy. Hopefully she sees this and she laughs when she sees herself. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. I even remember. That's so wild. That's wild. Talk about thing there. How you guys came up with doing the reality show, taking over. Well, we always knew we wanted to do something, but um, the idea came from the producer, mm-hmm. Colin John Silburn. He mm-hmm. reached out to Craig, and um, Craig, we had a meeting with him. Mm-hmm. Craig told us about it, and we talked. And from Carlington start, give the idea, we say, yo, yeah, when he put it in skies. We always talk about doing shows and stuff, especially Alex. He always wanted them some. So when... Um, this opportunity came around. We say, yeah. And plus, Carlington is somebody that we've worked with in the past. When we were just coming out, like during them days, they were away. He had, he was the one in charge of the music video shows on CBN in Jamaica at that time when we were just coming out with hardcore lover and Shams of the Bodies Rhythm and stuff. And Carlington, no matter what, we always reach out to Carlington and say, Yo, Carlington, go and do a next drop in the with them. Always show. Always show support, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think, trust me, it, it reaches point where I can say he's my one of my closest friends, you know, because okay. he's a very good hearted person, and I like so. Yeah. Um, yeah, man, when you bring it to this, all that whole experience was, was good. Mm-hmm. Big, big deal. Because I know, did you guys end up doing an album or you guys were supposed to do an album with the same name? Um, We, yeah, we were supposed to do an album. We did the album, basically. Mm-hmm. T.O.K. have an album with DJ Buddha, sit down, you know. But if the mm-hmm. world ever hear some of them, it's like they're right, you know. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And the Taking Over single, you know, that's what we're calling, yeah, that's what we're going to call the album. Um, the album, the show, everything. You know what I mean? So that's how we end up doing the single with uh, uh, Mariel Jacoda. And, you know, we start, move towards that, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. When would you say everything started to get shaky in the group? And what would, from your reason, why would you say the, the group broke up from your point of view? All right. Remember when I said to you, like, in the beginning, when how we used to write and uh, everybody have them own ideas and it come down to, you know, choosing what's best for mm-hmm. all of us and not necessarily for a person or two people, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I think over the years, that gift of everyone being able to put them input into things and that way, because at that point we used to work off a um, majority rule thing. Mm-hmm. So even if one person don't want to do it, if three people say, oh, move, that's what we're going to do. Mm-hmm. I think over the years we developed this thing where Everybody want to have a say, and if one person don't want to do it, they're not, not supposed to do And that, I think, that's what destroyed 
I mean, start the whole thing. That destroyed our uh, how we moved, how we what we recorded, everything. I think that was how things got the way it was because first we'll have a situation where we're doing we're moving in one direction. Even if one person didn't agree, we'd, we'd still do it. You know what I mean? And it would work. But we ended up reaching a point where if one person don't want to do it, then we don't do it. So it ended up not moving at all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, one thing with being in a group, you know, you have to always remember that. Yes, you are a person in the group and we're all individuals, but you have to also remember that it's a group. And every decision that is made has to be made for the best of the group. Mm -hmm. I think we lost that and, you know, it just changed a lot of things, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, just basically make things harder for do, you know. Whereas you know, just say, yo, if we say, yo, come, let's go to this concert and just pass through. And one person, maybe not one go, but everybody say, yeah, man, yeah, man, what time? They will go to the concert and pass through. Mm-hmm. After a while, if we say, let's go this thing, and one person say, no. They will say, why? Why me not feel like whatever, whatever. All right. So what happened now, that sound like a little thing, but over time, it hurts your presence, it hurts how much you record, it hurts everything. You know what I mean? Because it now become a personal reason why it should be done or not done more than a collective reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got you. Because I think you were actually the first one publicly to leave the group. No, I know. I wasn't. <clears throat> Craig actually did it like a year before or two years. Mm-hmm. It didn't get, it wasn't as publicized as when I did. Mm-hmm. I'm realizing me, because I don't know, maybe true, I'm like a very outspoken person and mm-hmm. the things, you know, what we believe, you know, people just, anything we said, they take it more <laughs> serious. <laughs> but, you know, when I said it, you know, people felt like even up to this day that I am the one that mash up the group or I am the one at this. But they don't know what we were going through in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't know what led to that. A lot of people don't know that even though I said I'm going to go and focus on my solo thing, even after that, I was still doing social media for T.O.K. T.O.K. is like a baby to me. Mm-hmm. T.O.K. start from me and Alex say we're going to do this. You know, link up with Craig then. We'll come together, we'll form this big thing. You know, So to me, even now, unless it's a situation where me know say it now work, I would not say eye to eye. There's no way I would have made that decision. No way. Even after making the decision, I still I deal with TOK stuff. I mean, 
But enough people don't know that because when it comes to certain little things that happen, I would make my statement, but I'm not going to go around and explain, yo, you know, so I mean this, I mean that, I mean this. I'm not going to do that because I know why I said it. I know why I needed that break. Mm-hmm. I know why it turned that way. You know what I mean? It's just like you're in a relationship with somebody, you know what I mean? You go through a lot until you reach the point where you say, yo, we don't want to hate that person, you know? Mm-hmm. That better, we just go away. In the future, if we sit back and we think about stuff and we feel like, yo, we can try again and make it work, mm-hmm. then we have no problem with it. But maybe now we need a break. Uh, you know what I mean? And see where that break will take us. Mm-hmm. So it seems like it was like TOK was something like you guys liked being together and doing your stuff, but it TOK itself became bigger than all the members in the group. And it almost became too hard to control after a while type of thing. Yeah. And not necessarily that TOK was too hard to control. TOK got too hard to control because it, it got to an individual thing mm-hmm. more than a collective thing. You know what I mean? First time if we say, yo, all of we wear white pants and black shirt. Everybody find them white pants and black shirt. <laughs> no, we say that no. One man wanna wear green pants and blue jeans. We don't know why wear pants and jeans, but he want it. <laughs> Just to show you, it's like you know, being somebody where is a situation where people wanted to stand out for themselves more than the group standing out together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the gift and the curse about being in a group, you know. You have to know what works for the group and what's been working for the group and find a way to find your individuality within the realms of that. Because it can be done. People think like once you're in a group, you have your own identity. No, you can create your identity without um, being going left field all the time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I think that's that's where the big, the, the, the main problem starts. Got you. So then now you guys said, okay, we're going to take a break or whatsoever. What was your first move now as a solo artist to establish your brand now? As Flex Double X? Well, for me, um, I was going through a whole lot of things personally, mm-hmm. like behind the scenes, you know. But for me, I after when, when I made that decision, I was basically going off of autopilot mm-hmm. based off of how, you know, my experience and what I know I should do or what I feel I should do or whatever. So, I was doing it, but at the same time, I don't think my whole heart was in it at the time. I was just doing it because I felt like I needed to do it. I should do it, you know, but mentally, emotionally and everything, I was Mm -hmm. going through a lot. I just decided to say, oh, you know what, instead of, allowing this to drag me some in a hole or somewhere that I don't want to go. Um, I just went to do it, put it in some music and drop an EP. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I did I drop an EP called um, I Am Double X. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to lie, I never even put much effort into pushing it or anything. Mm-hmm. But listening back to that EP, um, that EP, they're bad. <laughs> not because <laughs> bad, but listening back to it, it's a good body of work. The, 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 the thing is, my I don't think mentally I was into going and pushing songs, doing this. My brain wasn't there because um, at the time I was going through some separation with um, my big son's mother. And, you know, just some things were happening that I was trying to deal with where he was concerned, my son, and where I am concerned. It was, it was just a lot on the table. You know what I mean? And yeah, and that was when you were going through your Jeff Flex type time right there. No, I mean no, that was before Jeff Flex time. That was before, okay. Little before Jeff Flex. Jeff Flex come after when more thing, when more issues. <laughs> we just need some positivity around me. I said no, no, no. We can't mm-hmm. take too much. I mean, God said, if not, we get a man more than he can bear. But if he said, if I so much God thinks of me, can bear a star. Trust me. You see me? <laughs> me must, me, me and I want man. Me must be some spirit or something. Because too much things there. I'm going to say, you know what? Instead, I'm going to focus on all the um, negativity that was happening at the time. I'm going to say, oh, I'm just going to start just sing some positive things and just not only for for people to listen but for myself like mm-hmm. Jafflex was just me trying to encourage myself you know me motivating myself to just stick to possibilities the, 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 the positive things and, and, and good possibilities and all of that that mm-hmm. was personally for me you know what I mean and for a moment, I thought, like, Jafflex was it. Yeah. Because that's what I wanted. But I realized Jafflex now was just for me. I only did one song as Jafflex. I was supposed was to do one. album. My whole, I worked on a new album, a new album now with Fireblaze Production, and the whole album was supposed to be Jafflex. Mm-hmm. But when I sit down and listen to the songs that I was doing, I realized that some of the songs that I did, the whole double X thing mm-hmm. was showing in it. And I realized that I had like a whole lot of songs and I wanted to just change everything because of this whole Jafflex thing. And I wanted, and I said, no, I sit down and I said, no, you know, mm-hmm. here. I'm not going to make because. I feel like this is what I must do now. I, I changed the whole everything mm-hmm. because I'm still double X. It's just double X needed that moment in time to come out of thinking mm-hmm. about negative stuff and, and just change the whole way. And and for real, it was kind of like therapeutic for me because after that song, mm-hmm. Um, I say, yo, Jafflex, time up. I go back to who I am and what I'm doing. 
know what I mean? Because I actually feel like I'm in a better place mentally now. You know what I mean? Um, okay, so then that's why you had brought up the Jeff Flex here. Well, the last, hopefully the last negative thing that happened to you was you getting locked up last year. All right. What had happened there, Flex? <laughs> you know, honestly, I can't really um, say much about that right now based on what's happening. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just a situation to me, just wrong place at the wrong time now, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my lawyers are presently working on it. So, as I say, I can't speak much about that. But at the end of the day, you know, as I came out, you know, I did a song called Grave. One of the songs on the album is Grateful. Mm-hmm. You know, the album has a music video too. Yeah, that's for the new album also. Yeah, that song should have been a Jafflex song too, though, but Jafflex decides. You might run with it. Yeah, so yeah. But yeah, man, that's ungrateful. Basically, just saying exactly how I feel, how I felt, you know. And no matter what I was going through at the moment, it's like that song made me realize, say, you know, I still have a lot to be thankful for, you know. And what was your mind state like, especially you went from touring the world to now just being in this place right here? What was that mentally like for you to deal with? Okay, my mental state now is like, honestly, <clears throat> I believe that sometimes I move too fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, sometimes, you know, I'm this kind of person, once I get an idea, I jump at it and I'm moving. And, um, sometimes to the point where I'm just going, 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 I don't even remember to eat. I don't even remember certain things. So to me, instead of thinking about it as a bad thing, I thought of it as a good thing. You know, I got um, chance, a chance to rest a bit. You know, mm-hmm. I got a, a chance to actually think over a lot of things that was happening in my life. You know what I mean? I got a chance to even forgive people that... Um, I thought did me wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought I got a chance to just basically appreciate life. You know, I remember one when once I was when I was there, um I was in the yard and I was just lying and looking at the guy and I'm like saying, oh. and this is no joke. This is no this is not Liability. I was just looking at this guy and I saw the clothes moving. And I first I'm going to say, wait, how the clothes are move? And then I come down to the senses again and say, yo, the clothes always move. It's just that you're moving so fast, you even forget the simple things in life. You know what I mean? And a lot of people don't know. I, I, I feel like, you know, so much had. I've changed so much. Mm-hmm. Even somebody who feel like they knew me from the past, I am a totally different person now mm-hmm. than I was then. You know, because now I see the good in what in what people say. Mm-hmm. But you know what I mean? So 
that approach sometimes will leave you as a loner because some people, as soon as something happens, they get upset and they start fret and then start this and this and that. And then you coming around with positive telling, thinking, them think like, oh, you take things too easy or you take things too that. But based off of my experience, I realized that even if an issue come up that you're not sure about and whatever, at the end of the day, whether you cuss about it or you argue about it, at the end of the day, that issue will still be there. What you need to do is instead of channeling your energy towards being upset or feeling anxious about that situation, channel it to how you're going to get over it, how we're going to do this, because that's what I think about now. I don't want to focus on what the problem is. You know what I mean? I want to focus on the solution. For sure. And if you want to move ahead, that's how you have to think. You can't focus on the problem. You have to think about the solution. You know what? Um, that I've always felt that way, but this whole experience just let me, you know, appreciate things more. It made me more grateful for certain things. You know what I mean? And I feel overall I'm a positive person. You know what I mean? Because I, I think that way and I believe that way. And the only thing about me that people may, the thing is, even though you try to be positive, people may think that you're not positive because you're, um, you're a realist. Mm. And what I need to say to, to people out there, I'm going to, tell, I'm going to say this right now. Mm. If you don't want to hear the truth from me, don't ask me for the truth. <laughs> straight up. I tell you straight up. You don't want to hear the truth from me. Don't ask me for the truth. Because you have some people who come and say, yo, tell me the truth. What are you going to do? And then when you tell them the truth now, they call it negative. They call it this because they don't want to accept that that is the reality of it. Mm -hmm. so I always say, whenever somebody comes to me and say, tell me the truth, I always say, yo, if you don't want to hear the truth, don't ask me. You know what I mean? Because people nowadays... When you tell them the truth, instead of looking at it as constructive criticism, them think you hate them, you think you're bad mind, then think you're this and the truth, this and whatever, whatever. And the reality is, nowadays it's coming like when you tell the truth, you become the most hated person. It's hmm. like you must, you must just say what everybody wants to say or everybody feel like you should say. You know what I mean? But I don't believe that. I believe... If you come to me and you say to me, say, yo, how this song sound? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I believe I should tell you, yo, here what? You know, say, I don't really like how it sound, but I feel, say, if you do this and do that and try and do this, it will work. Mm -hmm. I believe that is more better for your help. That means it sound all right still, you know? Because people, that's what I'm going to come and say, yo, it's all right, say me like it, but they're not telling you that the truth. Yeah. People want to hear it's all right still. And it's bad, even though it's not true. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because they don't realize that that all right still going to keep you not growing into your full potential. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So in this day and age, people are always say stuff 
people are gonna always this, but may I just remain true and maybe may I gonna be the only man who will stay so I saw it go, but I just have to remain true. But you rather somebody be mad with you today in front of your face and then they go back and calm down and say, you know what? Flex was really telling me the truth, you know, he wasn't being a yes man. And then they'll yeah. probably come back to you later and say, you know what? Thank you for being you. Them now gonna come back, you know. <laughs> just like I said, they didn't know or whatever. Trust me. I mean, I don't know how it became this way. Like people nowadays, they don't them can't take constructive criticism. It's like nobody wants to stand accountable for nothing. You know what I mean? See, even in the world, them, you know, with the whole homophobia thing that them talking about and whatever, whatever. You know, people saying um, freedom of speech, people need to talk and whatever, whatever. But the freedom of speech is for who? Because all I see, I remember when Chichiman just come on, people used to say, because we said burn this and that, even though we didn't mean anything like that. We mm. adopted um, poetically, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I know we used to say this and that, and we say, all right, true, since them said that, you know, we stop doing that because you're not, you're not going to say we take up the aisle and go burn people. That is not what we're talking about. But I've seen even up to day, you know, just just to say that, you know, I don't agree, them demonize you, them, yes, yeah. you, you lose your work, you lose, uh, it's like this whole society is around you following what they think you should do. So when people come to you and ask you for advice, they don't really want your advice. You know? They just want you to tell them that they're good. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I, I could understand that. You know what I mean? It's like it's everybody wants you to think one way, and if you think the other way or have another idea or other way of seeing it, you're now the bad person instead of just yeah. going along with the crowd. Yes, yes. You understand? I, I get it. You've been through a lot to get to where you are, and it made you become a more positive and a realer person. You understand? Yeah, man. Right now, I see you doing a lot of hanging around a lot with um, Chucky from Monster Twins. How did that link up, Murrow? Okay. Um, if anybody followed the history, um, I actually managed um, Monster Twins. You know, okay. the time when they recorded the song, um, Galileo Ali. Uh, when I say Galileo Ali, that's a thing. You know, Galileo Ali, um, Tambourine, all them songs that I was actually managing them at the time. Um, okay. But later on, it just happened that, you know, we link up in the States and he's in Maryland now. I'm in Maryland now. So because we have friendship from long time because we know each other from what kids them just bad. You know what I mean? So the long long years of friendship. So because we in Maryland, we just end up start going everywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, go studio, party and we just, you know, so till, until we just say, oh, you know what? We're already doing all of this. Um going touch road and all this already. You know, come we just do some song, you know, start a little YouTube thing, you know, just, you know, because to me, you know, I mean, even though them say the pandemic out and whatever, I still believe that, you know, you, 
you may not be doing exactly what you want to do at this moment, but that don't mean you need to be quiet. You know what I mean? True. So we just are work and you know, we just see where it goes, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I see you guys doing a lot of skits, reviews, and all type of stuff you guys are doing right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Twenty twenty one. When could we expect a body of work from Mister Double X? Well, the album I've been working on, as I said earlier, I've been working with on an album with um, DJ Fireblaze mm-hmm. from yeah from um, Magic One Hundred Two on this side DC. So um, it's basically done, you know. You know, when, when me and Fabulous link up, me tell him, say, yo, I'm one, just do an album. Capture mm-hmm. the sound of dance that everybody love, you know. And he was with it, so I just say, yo, it turned out from doing a couple songs to, to our whole album. <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? But as I said, because of the pandemic, we kind of um, cool down. And, and say, yo, you know, I'll make a watch and see. But now we, uh, we're at a place now where say, all right, make the year done. And next year we just pick it out, you know? Mm-hmm. Got you, for sure. Last one here I got for you before I get you out of here. What is, looking back on your entire journey as a musical artist, what would you say is one thing you missed the most about being in a group and one thing you like the best about being a solo artist? Okay. One thing I miss the most mm-hmm. you know, um, where being in a group is concerned is that when you're on stage and your partner come in, you can risk. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, no, like we be, I've been performing a whole lot, but like, you know, I will go to places and people see me, and from them see me, they want me to sing, you know, so that's why I don't try to go out as much because it can just turn out to be one little thing, they just turn it on one concert, you know what I mean? So, but I realized that because I've gotten so used to singing with other people, that when I'm doing it by myself, everything is focused on me. But can't rest. <laughs> we just haven't got all out. I mean, I kinda like that in one sense because um I feel like as I'm going back to school, you know, knowing that yo, as an individual, you know, no respect to an individual artist who have to do everything by himself, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And have like three other people. To support when you know what I mean, because there have been time when me they all are Europe, I'm a vice gone, hmm. I'll have to sing my part for Elvis to my part, vice versa. Is it what I say? When your vice gone, as I saw the artist, it just gone. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. you know I mean, and those are things you learn, especially after the fact. Now you say, okay, it was cool. But here we are right now, you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Despite everything, you know, you know, I'm, I'm a brother them same way, you know. You see me, I say? I mean, mm-hmm. even even siblings go through you know, them whole thing when they're ready, you know what I mean? For sure. Yeah, we've been doing it, I look at it this way, we've been doing it since we were teenagers, so 
a time must come when we at least want a little break. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So it not really bother me to that. And I, I, I still feel good because everywhere I go, people say, yo, it's okay, it's okay. So it's mm-hmm. not like I know we didn't do a great body of work as a group because people still calling for us, you know. So I feel blessed about that because there are many artists that come and we are when them decide to them done. Nobody now say where them there, where them there. nobody mm-hmm. not asking nobody. So I know that we made a big impact and we're still doing even now when we're not even recording. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I feel good about that, you know. Got you. Floor is yours right now. Anybody you want to big up, anything else you want to say, leave some contacts, handles so they could check you out and stuff, but the floor is yours right now. All right. Yo, one big up every TOK fan across the world. You know, even if you're I wonder where I'm going with TOK, don't worry yourself, you know. Everything will work out eventually, you know. What is to be will be shout out to Opari, Chucky B. Yeah, you see me, I say. Um, Monster Twin family, you know, shout out to the other members of TOK, Carlington, Silburn. Um, we're bridging them where we link with Panda side, yeah. You see me, I say, DJ, Blaze, GT, Youths, you know, everybody. Yo, if me leave out a name, do Vex. You see me? When you do Vex with me, just know, say, I forget, I forget. Yeah, um, but yeah, we also have Chucky B and I just started a new YouTube channel called Double X and Chucky B. Um, I need y'all to go out there, subscribe to it, you know what I mean? Check out the videos then because every day some mad thing come to it and I will just record it for entertainment purposes. So, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at I am double underscore X. You can follow um, Chucky B at monster underscore twins with a Z and the man says M-O-N-S-T-A underscore twins with a Z um yeah I am double underscore X Twitter Facebook Instagram just follow the movement you see me and look out for the new song that we're supposed to drop Definitely be looking out for those. Before I let you go, get us out of here with an acapella. Drop some acapellas before we let you go. She's blazing. Everybody wants her name. I gotta get her home with me tonight. Hurry up and come back. Was the last thing she said to her son. The day is life was taken. Yeah. <laughs> Flex double X. Thank you so very much. This conversation, epic conversation. I like how you were open your flow. It's like we really got to see another side of Flex in this conversation here. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Respect, brother. I Respect mean, for time, you know? Big up 100%. Let me give you an outro and get you out of here. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this is Muscle, and this has been another Two Line Music Huts Entertainment Report podcast, and we are out. This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.